Okay. <laughs> All right. That's what it looks like. I'm just reading the the screenplay. All right. <laughs> was provided by the writer. Okay. Um, <laughs> whenever you're ready, Dangerous Dave, let's get All this right. thing. Let's get this party started. All right. Uh, <clears throat> all right. If you still have not logged on yet, log on to Shudder.com and enter Binge Watchers promo code at the checkout to get an entire month of free horror movies and watch along with the Binge Watchers crew. Oh, we hope Woo-hoo! you've been watching along because we've been hacking our hey. way through the charts on our summer slash horror movie marathon. This week, we're going to be turning our thoughts to the Italian horror classic Tenebrae, directed by... Master of Horror, Master of Thrills, Dario Argento. Um, You might know him from a movie called Suspiria. He's also pretty well known for writing Demons and Demons 2, but I think he's most well known for Suspiria, Inferno, and Mother of Tears, probably. Uh, Tenebrae is about a horror writer being chased by a killer that uses a classic shaving blade like an old-fashioned razor, straight-edge razor, to slice up his victims as people around him start to die. The author resorts to some more desperate attempts to find the killer. All right, quick. Two words of an impression. Two word first impressions, which is kind of funny. I mean, if you put two words together about this movie, what do you got, Adam? Excellent filmmaking. Oh, interesting. Dave, what you got? Pretty red. Hmm. Nick, what you got? (laughs) 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 It is pretty red. Yeah, uh, I have tension filled. Oh, tension filled. Um, raw, energetic. Those are my two words. If I could use four words, I would say more raw, more energetic in comparison to his other movies. But since I only have two, raw and energetic. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. We're also recording on the eve of Father's Day. Yes. yes. Father's Day happened. We're recording. Um, favorite Father's Day movies. Put together a playlist for listeners. You got your Raising Arizona. You got your Fatherhood with Patrick Swayze. You got your Over the Top with Stallone. Or you got literally a classic called Father's Day with Rob Williams and Billy Crystal. Um. Dave, can I, can I, I want what to is add your to that list too? For sure. Well, yeah, each one of you is gonna gonna <laughs> yeah. say what it is. Dave, go ahead. Oh, my father pick. Um, I'm gonna say October Sky uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, mm. Any anybody who has daddy issues or just like has an awkward relationship with their father, it's gonna hit you right <laughs> in the spots you don't want to be hit. Mm. Daddy issues grow in the movie. balls. Is that what you're saying? Daddy issues come from the balls, the testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Technically true you. when you think about oh your father. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's all semen and attitudes. 
I, I got I got two movies. All right, go ahead, Nick. You seem excited to tell us. I do, I do. I'm bringing it back to Creepshow, the opening of Creepshow 1, the oh, Father's Day. The Father's yeah. Day segment. Come on. He wants his cake, and he gets it. Is that we'll have to go to the judges on that one. Judges Adam and and Dave it's, is is a, is one small story in one film that's not about Father's Day worthy of a Father's Day movie selection if only yeah. one part of the movie but not the entire story but the is story about the dad. Uh, Father's Day. No, Nick is disqualified. I stick up for Nick on this one. Uh, thank you, maybe, thank you, Dave. Because that's I, my favorite segment of that movie. So mm-hmm. yeah. well, to be yeah, fair, I, I guess the it. rules were not clearly defined. That's true. You guys, didn't, you guys didn't put it in the notes. We didn't say uh, it had to be the plot was centric. The entire movie's plot was centric to the fact I, that someone. I, I do was have dead. another one. I do have oh, one more. Okay. And this one's pretty awesome. Frailty. Bill Paxton and the two oh boys. Oh my god! Yes. Come on, that is a good father's statement. I mean, that's a good like crazy father. Come on. Wow. That's yeah. actually a really good selection. I I wouldn't have thought <laughs> yeah. about that. Well, it, Dave, it's me. Come on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> When we put this list out to our listeners earlier on social media, I had forgotten about maybe what would be the ultimate dad's movie of all time. And you don't know this until you get to the very end of the movie, but Field of the Dreams. I mean, he literally built the Field of Dreams just oh, so he could God. play catch with his dad. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Wow. Like, that one's a little a so obvious. Or not obvious, but like... I just it's like too good. It, it's not on the that. Father's Day list because it's on its own list of like contemporary classics. Or something. It's like on a different list, right? Like it's it's held into esteem of like a different part of the Library of Congress or something. You know what I mean? It's like not it's not specific to a Father's Day scenario. That's why probably you know it's like uh, mm-hmm. it's very that's fun. like one of the ultimate lump in your throat movies, dude. The minute he says "Dad, have a catch," he's like, "Oh, son of a bitch! Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hold, it. <laughs> hold it back!" Hmm. Yeah, that was um, a good one. Can we expand it to? Anything that makes you feel about, like, oh, my dad and I watched this, which was, like, all the you, Star Trek stuff. Oh, that'd be, like, I, movies with dad. Yeah, so uh, movies that are um, nostalgic, right? Dad, that uh, give yeah. you a Dude, memory, a, a little fuzzy you memory. You know what's so funny is um, there's that meme that's been going around of, like, the the dad, the single dad starter pack or whatever for, for your kids. And it's, like, cliffhanger, demolition man, all this like my dad literally took me to Cliffhanger and Demolition Man and also Last yeah. Action Hero. <laughs> so and he apparently apparently he let you hang out with some Budweiser girls as well. From... Oh my gosh! Yeah. No, that was oh my mom, yeah, actually. oh that was your mom. <laughs> oh, she, making up for your dad not being there. That's what that is. Let's, uh, let's get let's get Dave on the couch for an hour. This this podcast is now uh you know Dave on the couch. Dad... That's a movie with Dan Aykroyd, right? Is that the one that was called? Is it called On the Couch or the what is that one called? The Couch Trip. The couch trip, yeah, where he where he pretends to be nuts or something like that, and the Walter Matthau's character actually is nuts. Have you guys that, have you guys seen that one? That one's pretty good. No, right? not about dads, but it's about crazy psychology. Well, I I want to say my dad used to take me to the movies when it was a movie he wanted to watch, and uh, the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater was uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, that's no, a great movie to watch with your dad. I would yeah. imagine. And then later it was Ice Pirates. Oh, Ice Pirates is cool. Wow. I definitely went to the, my first. <laughs> Literally cool because it has ice. No, just, just, uh, the ice Pirates is good, but for its own reasons, it's like yeah. a janky sci-fi movie where they're looking the whole the whole galaxy has no water, and so they got to go look for the the uh, you know legendary ice planet. Mm-hmm. Three Men and a Baby was my real selection, though. About 
Oh, oh that's you, a great dude, dad good movie. Choice, yeah. actually. That's, that's a actually good a really good choice. Really good. I actually, I, I love that movie. And I love the second Which... one, too. I think they're both great. Which, strangely, whether Adam knows it or not, there's a strange connection to his first selection of Star Trek movies. Leonard Nimoy directed that. Really? Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah. He was directing a lot in the 80s, yeah. Wow. Had no idea. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Very he directed that director. one either, because that'd be, that'd be um, my new favorite movie directed by Leonard Nimoy. I just thought he directed Star Trek. I didn't know he went outside of... No, he, he also directed this crazy ass movie that used to play on uh, Showtime a lot called Holy Matrimony with a very young Joseph Gordon Levitt and uh, Patricia Arquette. Oh wait, where where the An, uh, he's younger Amish brother country. has to marry this the brother's wife or whatever because the older brother yes. dies or something? He, yeah, yeah, he it's Amish. It's Amish. Oh, he so did. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. His son put together a really good uh, documentary. I think it's just called Spock. Am I, I wrong? I've heard of that. I, it, I thought it was that. called like, My yeah, Name or... Is Leonard. Oh, maybe it's Spock, My Name Is Leonard or something like that? Yeah, it's... I think it's just, it could be Nimoy. It could be, I think it's Spock, though. Maybe we should look that up. Well, Anybody else? I guess else? now would be a good time. Uh, that was kind of awkward. All right, now would be a good time <laughs> to tell everybody that if you follow Binge Watchers on Spotify, we're giving away some AirPods. We can award a listener if you send a screenshot of you listening and enjoying one of your favorite episodes of Binge Watchers Podcast. Nice. Am I excluded from this? <laughs> How do <laughs> I know really it's nice. you? You can theoretically no, make another like email and an address. How would I know? I'm just taking submissions. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Speaking of Spotify, uh, Binge Watchers welcomes Kim Kardashian's new podcast to Spotify. Yay. She's going to be focusing on the topic of criminal justice, and we wish her well in the new endeavor. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of that? You know, my um, I have complete connection to her, so I can't talk crap. My no wife comment. Up, so. <laughs> Nick, Nick, plead the fifth. <laughs> I, I am all about this. Yes. Uh, yeah. Look, yeah. I think it's already done yeah, Good luck, good. Kardashian. Yeah. yeah. Cool thing. Um, yeah. Listen, uh, shameless endorsements. I don't know. Um, <laughs> endorsing other shows on Spotify, um, whatever. I don't care what Spotify dumps their money into. It's kind of off brand for us to talk about other Spotify shows. Um, but if we had to endorse one, I just like Kevin Bacon, so we could endorse the show where some stalker is trying to kill him. They they had that recently on Spotify. Listen, oh really? I mean, I I think Spotify dumping millions of dollars for celebrity shows is kind of a misdirection. And, like, iHeartRadio is kind of doing the same thing. Like, iHeartRadio is spending millions of dollars for TV ads and radio ads to bring people over to podcasting. Wow. And I'm like, at some point, the bottom's going to fucking fall out of this because I don't think their their shows could be generating enough revenue that that it's going to be worth it in the end anyway. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'm a little hopeful like Dave, who was so dangerous to say maybe Spotify will become knocking on our door one day. Maybe. Um, gosh, like grand. I, it'd be really it's hard something. to have a corporate parent because I'm struggling to just deal with the paid sponsors and their, their fucking bullshit requests. So it'd be really hard to just, just sign up with a corporate parent because <laughs> God knows what they would do to the show after that. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to get too political. But we're following up on this Fangoria story that more facts keep emerging. 
Um, and Adam's obsessed and fascinated with it, so I'll probably let Adam give everybody the updates on what's happening with Fangoria, and then we'll, we have, he's going to ask us a question about whether or not we'd like to be involved with Fangoria, but we'll find out. We will find out. <laughs> okay, so the follow-up on last week's mention of the Fangoria staff walking out, um, basically they decided um, that the parent company... Uh, Cinestate was uh, out of line and was not controlling the safety of their sets. Um, basically, the Daily Beast uh, put out an article that there was a line producer who's accused of rape uh, earlier in the year. Uh, someone on Facebook, uh, they put out a Facebook post. They, they called out this uh, producer. Uh, the person was underage. Uh, Cinestate responded by firing this guy. It wasn't enough um, because the article on the Daily Beast framed it as if this was uh, pretty systemic with them. Uh, it's They're not the only ones affected. Uh, it's Fangoria and Birth Movies Death didn't like it. Mm. And they own some other thing too, but I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, I was kind of focused on the Fangoria uh, part of the story. Basically, they painted the picture that the behavior was rampant in Sinistate or whatever. But the, the guy is arrested. He's facing charges. He's been fired. Um, he's not part of the company. Everyone says, oh, we didn't know the, the, this behavior. Did, he did, we didn't know that he did this, right? Um, so he's gone. They, Fangoria issued the statement won't, the, that they won't be performing any of our salary duties for the company. Until the until certain demands are met uh, to give them the confidence that they're working for good guys, so um, they said uh, that that it's their understanding that both brands, both Fangoria and Birth Movies Death Blog, um, that there's asking the parent company Cinestate to look for new buyers. Um, hmm. It's. So anyway, some some pontificated that Cinestate could relaunch Fangoria if they wanted, but they could not. Uh, they could not fool with uh, Birth Movies Death. But I don't know if that information was accurate or not. But let's say, you know, those guys they just don't want to work for Cinestate anymore, and um, so now that they're no longer interested in publishing Fangoria, what do you think our chances are in taking over the reins? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, mm. since you're laughing, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have the money to take over the reins. But I, I, I grew up with Fangoria. It's a magazine that, like, pretty much was the internet for me in terms of horror movies and stuff. So I love the magazine, and I hope they're able to get out of this or keep going. You know. Well, before the internet, it was Fangoria was the only source for it was, movie related yeah. news. And if you want to know what the, was going on and coming out, for horror. yeah, yeah. And before DVDs that had behind-the-scenes featurettes, Fangoria was releasing stuff like that. But they got bought mm. out and changed. It was just the Fangoria label anyway, and then another company took them and they did whatever. But, I mean... And they, I, they had been dying for years, though, too, like with publication and stuff, right? I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah. of the opinion that somebody's work is not a person. and But somebody's work can be affected by the shit that they do. I mean, it, we, we've seen that, mm. you know, like... It's like when people are distancing themselves from Harvey Weinstein. Well, Harvey Weinstein made like 30 of their movies. You, you, yeah, you know I what know, I mean? Yeah. So it's and like, they, and then, so is the movie he, worthless now? 
It was a great he movie gave a lot of until he until he pulled sucks. his shit, and then it's like, okay, so what happens to the movie now? And uh, yeah. or, or any artist really, like they could be terrible people in real life, but if they're putting out good art, and it, what what is where where is the line drawn? And also, like, I could see one story with like an asshole employee, but I mean, I've had jobs and gigs, and I'm sure you guys have too, where you're dealing with like asshole CEOs. And they have terrible behavior. Oh, hell they, yeah. do, they do fucking terrible yeah. things. But you're like, but I gotta fucking keep food on the table and the lights on and shit and like, you know, and keep, and keep myself in Funko Pops. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, so you just stay at jobs for months because it's like, dude, if I lose this job, I'm on the street homeless. Yeah, yeah. So and you're trying sucks. to survive, yeah, you... and your own survival will yeah. allow you to compromise your own morals. You're like, I don't want to work for this kind of guy. But but he's like, but wait a minute. But this is the old guy, the only guy that's cutting the fucking paychecks. Yeah. I so does that make me a piece of shit like this the guy on. who's acting yeah. like a piece of shit? I don't know. Well, I've always been the guy at a work that'll, like, when I see bad behavior, I'm like, hey, don't do that. And it didn't matter, like, where they were on the totem pole. Like, this oh, is yeah. acceptable to me. And, and you know, sometimes you pay the price. But I guess this it. situation is, like, is the company culture one that would nurture this kind of inappropriate behavior, right? Or is it just an isolated incident? Uncertain. I'm, we're not part of it. We're not involved. We don't really know what happened we weren't there you know um so i remember when uh back in the day fangoria like showed me movies what movies i was interested in that were going to later come out at blockbuster that i was going to go rent (laughs) oh me too yeah even the video ones one of my favorite fangoria uh memories is um in college i worked at a video store called suncoast which is a retail chain in malls but we carried Fangoria on our shelves in front of our cash in front of our um, cash box, whatever. I can't even think today. Anyways, <laughs> uh, register. Anyways, so it's at okay. kid height level, and this little girl comes in, and, and the cover of the month is like a, a tribute to Evil Dead, and there's like a half face on there, like mm-hmm. bloody as shit, just like gory. One of the goriest covers they've had in a long time. And this girl comes in and just is bawling her fucking eyes out because she saw the image on the cover. And my, my boss or my supervisor at the time like took it off the shelf and was like trying to calm the kid down. And I just like, like ah, yay, we traumatized a kid. That's uh, made my day. And then immediately <laughs> she walked across the aisle and went into the Hot Topic and looked at the candy dildos that are on display next to all the fucking <laughs> leather belts and hats, you know, for Beavis and Butthead. So anyway, I mean, you probably didn't ruin that whole girl's day. There's a bunch of terrible things in malls. <laughs> yeah. know, right? Well, there, when there were malls, dancers. there aren't any malls now. But could shoved her to the Victoria's Secret across the way. Yeah. But, wow, um, <laughs> that, was, that was like a that was like a pole joke that I totally ruined. Anyways, let's move on because I'm not telling things right. Uh, all right, <laughs> no, I think this was right. Uh, so, like, we're all we're down to publish Fangoria guys or no? I think Dave would get us in trouble because he's telling little girls to go to the Victoria's Secret store. Yeah. I think we got to get rid of Dave. I think we'd have the job for a week and then we'd be out of business. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dave is yeah, so well, good. I don't be in her 20s Look, by now. Oh, it's wow. one thing to say a joke that is inappropriate. It's another thing to actually recommend that they go over there to that other naughty store, right? Yeah. Please don't do that. <laughs> Those are different things. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if Cinestate came by and gave me a budget, uh, I could probably throw Listen, a Listen, they were kicking together. out some good films, man. Bone Tomahawk, Drag It Across Concrete. Oh, they were they did those? Wow. Yeah. Titanic Panic. I didn't see that one. Good. It's on Shudder. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it made my list after I found out they had made it because I just I've never seen anything from that studio. Mm. So Bone Tomahawk is, sounds probably the most interesting to me. Oh, it's incredible! It was, it, it was good. It fits. Okay. It hits all the check marks for a western, but then it's a horror movie. Takes in a different yeah. And it must be a little above board because Kurt Russell doesn't sign on to a lot of shit unless it comes from Carpenter. But most mm. of his movies are pretty good that he signs up for. So, yeah, yeah. Though, oh. well, gonna check it out. And what about people are wondering why did John say Carpenter's stuff is shit? I said Kurt Russell will only sign on for shit if it's from Carpenter, and what Carpenter <laughs> signed him up for was the sequel to Escape from New York. Escape from L.A. is pretty trashy, but not good trashy. Um, I, I thought it was fun. <laughs> what the basketball countdown scene, like the ticking time bomb, is he has to I win basketball it. in the stadium to get this, to get out. It's so fun, so fun. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Man. It's amazing how much better movies get when you get inebriated first. Mm. This is true. Or you watch them again and you're this just like, oh, they're, they suck and who cares? <laughs> yeah. All right, Nick, you're yeah. up to tell people about Stars. So, guys, you need to st- check out this uh, free trial of Stars. There, uh, you can grab the link in the podcast notes below. I actually, this week on Stars, watched My Cousin Vinny. You guys remember that movie? That's nice. a great movie. Oh, yeah. It's That's worth great, yeah. getting Stars just for My Cousin Vinny. Well, I mean, if you, if you get it free for seven days, you can watch My Cousin Vinny in two hours and then still have oh, the no. platform for another or five days of free. the time to watch, watch seven all times. other great yeah. Stars movies. Yeah. Like the Robocop but, trilogy. It's there. It's there It's there for right now until there's no police movies at all, but it's there. <laughs> I wonder if actually <laughs> since, since, uh, Robocop, are they? since the majority yeah. hates cops, like it'd be yeah. funny if like movies like Police Academy would come back. Like forever they were talking about a Police Academy remake, right? A reboot? That'd be great to get another six way. six movies out of out of Police Academy, and right. Gutenberg. You're, you're, Gutenberg's running the Academy. That'd be fucking awesome. Oh, he he needs I'd the job right now. That. Give it to him. Oh yeah, he does need work. Like he's not. Yeah. He's doing probably worse than Pauly Shore is doing. He's the straight to video guy. Now he's doing way better because he's on Goldberg's. Oh, he is. What he shows up as? He's like a recurring character, not a con- yeah. Does he, he play a police officer or a security guard? Show. He's like the science teacher on there. Oh, science teacher. Oh. Gutenberg and science. Last time he touched science was in Cocoon. (laughs) See, I I, I don't get – I get the impression that Gutenberg like didn't so much fade away or like fall. He just like said, "Eh, I'm done. Took his money. Like I don't think he's starving. Yeah, and he does a lot of straight-to-video stuff. I've seen him in a lot of straight-to-video. Lava Lantula or whatever it is. Those those sci-fi movies. Lots of random stuff. You're like, oh, is that Steve Gutenberg in the background? Okay. <laughs> mm. Wonder what happened there. Don't know. Where Where are we right now? <laughs> I don't know. You're in charge, brother. I mean, you're steering the ship this week, my friend. So okay. I'm jumping in to help okay. you out, but I'm not going to bail you out. This ship is going to fucking sink. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> So that was kind of. I thought I didn't know what you were doing. So I was talking about Steve Gutenberg. A- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. You guys have anything else to add to Stephen Gutenberg? No, Chronicles? he was in Three Minute Baby. I love him in that. Yeah. Oh, Sweet. and Short Circuit. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's a good one. That's a good Father's Day one. All right. <laughs> this is a question for for John from a listener. 
what gave you lifelong interest in movies? I think the listener is probably Adam's cousin. Shout out to Adam's unnamed cousin. <laughs> Adam had mentioned that his cousin was looking to find the, or he or she was looking to find the podcast online. I gave them some tidbits on where they could find the podcast. So if that's a listener or it could be somebody else, shout out to who's ever actually listening to the show. I will answer this question. I'll do my best to give you a real answer to this question. What was it again? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. When you were a little itty-bitty baby, what were you doing watching movies? I don't know. As a baby? I wasn't watching movies as a baby. What gave you a lifelong interest in movies, John? (laughs) What gave me a lifelong interest in movies? Actually, before I moved into movies, before I knew what a movie was, I used to run through the rooms of my house, um, bringing to life these drawings that I made and acting out the drawings. So, kind of had a thing for them my whole life. Then, when I was plopped in front of a television and started watching movies, I remember my grandfather brought home like the first VCR. And that was back in the day when they were like as much as a car, but cars were the same. That's that's weird to think there was a time when VCRs. Were equal to the cost of a car, but the car and the VCR were like both three hundred bucks. You know what I mean? And yeah, you could buy a car and still have enough money in your paycheck to put groceries in the fridge, or buy your VCR and not feel like you just splurged the entire family budget and everybody's gonna die. Um. Anyway, top loading VCR. Hello, right? Um, We got in trouble because we put pennies in it. My brother and I thought it was like a electronic piggy bank and we put a bunch of money in it and that was a that was bad but um i've always loved them and like i said i used to act out pictures so i kind of was always i don't know some if you believe in being a messenger if you believe that you're here for a purpose so you believe that you're supposed to be involved in something every time my life is around movies things get better for me when i'm pursuing my goals with movies my life gets better when i'm when I get away from the pursuit of that, things go horribly, horribly wrong. So I think I was always supposed to be somehow involved with movies. And if it's just talking about them, I'll take it. Yeah, what's the first movie you remember? Wizard of Oz. Nice. So, uh... What about you, Adam? Oh, me. Oh, yeah. damn. Well, I think uh, my first memory uh, of watching a movie is uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, I could not believe what I was seeing on the screen. You know, those land speeders are shooting through the forests of Endor. For sure. I remember I – I still remember remembering it, if, this, if that makes sense. Because I don't remember the whole movie from then. I remember it from watching it when I was older. But the thing I remember from then – was how excited I was to see those things move so fast through the forest and just how immersive that effect was. I mean, I believed it. I was wondering when those things were going to come out because I was sick of my BMX at that point. Like, I was done. It was time to get one of those things. I, I was so sure. Oh, you thought the speeders, the little, the little hover bikes, were going to be the next thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I thought that was going to come out because cool. I couldn't tell that that was not real. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I was like, man, when when can I can I have one of those for Christmas? You know, <laughs> so that that probably sparked my uh, my interest then. But much later, it was at the age of thirteen uh, when I realized the power of cinema. 
was more than just you know a thrill for a kid to believe in something make believe, but that it became something that you could internalize and be very real, uh, like the emotional experience you can have in a really good film with a character that you actually care about. And I it was so weird. I felt like I was being short circuited. But I watched Spartacus when nobody else wanted to watch it on uh, two VHS tapes. And they were like, oh, it's too long. It's two VHS tapes. So you're <laughs> saying exposure to these two powerful films led to your lifelong pursuit of movies? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I mean, that's hard to kind of encapsulate. but Well, there's a lot of other little steps along the way. But there's, there's, when I saw Spartacus, it was like the culmination from an exciting experience in, this, in the theater, right? And then seeing the emotional impact that one could have on a solo interaction with the film. Like, I was the only one in the room. I watched it the next day. Nobody else would watch it with me. And I watched Spartacus, Stanley Kubrick's oh, uh, Spartacus. Talk about separating. Touched, yeah. talk, talk about separating. We were just a little while ago talking about artists sep- separating an artist's personal life. Personal life, mistakes, politics, or whatever from their work, body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Donald, I think, it, yeah, Donald Trumbo wrote Spartacus. And he was uh, one of the communists on the blacklist, probably the most famous, who was persecuted, prosecuted, then wrote movies for like 10 years under aliases, pseudonyms. And then wow. it was Kirk award. Douglas. Kirk Douglas pushed him to put his name on Spartacus. And Kirk Douglas backed him in the press because he was basically saying, like, you know, the other end of the spectrum was the people on the other political end of this argument or fight in Hollywood were also detrimental, that both sides were wrong. And Kirk Douglas knew it would be huge press for the movie, right? And he was right. He guessed right that it would it would be positive press and would drive people to the theaters, and it did. So, Can you guys believe Kirk Douglas – Lasted till this year. It's just right, amazing. Yeah, he's like ninety nine or something, true. right? He's in his ninety. Oh, over a hundred, a hundred and three or something. Oh shit! Yeah. Those Douglas jeans, man. Get some of that DNA. Yeah, give yeah. me some. Yeah. He was so. <laughs> what if they booked any? I mean, they're rich, right? So they maybe they maybe they booked some stem cells or something. They got a blood bank somewhere where they just got these fresh cells. It'll be Michael, and they're just like sucking down those baby cells. He'll break a hundred. <laughs> and maybe later I can get that magnificent chin added on. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, grafted yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Those are I some need, good chins. I need me one of those. Or just be the next candidate for the mask, because every time you put that mask on and turn green, you get a giant chin. I don't know if you <laughs> notice that. The wearer, the beholder of the mask gets a, gets a hell of a chin. Even yeah. Jamie Kennedy did, yeah. Oh, that's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. What Do you think that that's where they got that from? What? The that Spartacus chin? chin? On that mask. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey's definitely imitating the Spartacus chin. Yeah. The other thing he likes to imitate is the, you know, the Clint Eastwood eyebrows, you know what I'm saying? The brow. The frow brow. I can think that, yeah. 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 And Bruce Dern. He does a hell of a Bruce Dern. Oh, by, by the way, I just want to finish something about Trumbo. I, I think he's a fucking great writer. I don't give a shit he was a communist. I'll just put that out there. Just for shits and tickles. <laughs> hey, man, a good writer is a good writer is a good writer, you know? And the thing is, a lot of people just didn't want to play... And say you're not allowed not to be a communist. So a lot of people weren't coming forward and saying I'm not a communist because they thought that the whole thing was ridiculous. Like, hey, tell tell us your tell the world you're not a communist. And the person's like, I'm not going to tell you crap. Yeah. You know, well, all, you? all I know is like, 
I don't know, the United States is a pretty bloody affair these days, but you're supposed to be able to have different opinions and still live in peace with each other. You're supposed to be able to believe in what you want and still be generally okay with each other. So, I mean, he was kind of making, like, First Amendment arguments, and they still stuck him in jail, but I can appreciate it because it's supposed to matter. I mean, that, that, that amendment is probably the reason that people are even allowed to podcast at all. You know, here we are talking shit or expressing our Being opinions for an hour about want, pe- yeah. other people's fucking movies, and here you go. So, mm. um, nice. we're gonna have. Uh, I don't feel. Dave what does do spoiled that? mean? Does spoiled. Um, Adam wrote the notes for this episode, and I'm reading them, and it, it asks me about um, another personal story about being being spoiled. Well, the spoiler thing was Adam used to tease me when he listened to some of the early episodes that I would get so excited I would spoil the ending of a movie, and that, that's why I do it. I get literally so excited about what movies mean to me that I I spoil something potentially on accident, almost like a child. Where I just literally tell you the ending, not thinking that I've ruined the experience for you, just literally trying to share with you why I'm so excited about it. Um, but if you mean am I spoiled in my my um, my my like uh, lifestyle of being able to access movies, right? I thought about that too. Like, I guess I'm generally thankful every day that I wake up and I can go on Shutter and watch horror films. That I can go on Vudu and watch comedies. Or, like, these other things that I've put in my digital library. Um, and Nick was talking about My Cousin Vinny. That's a great movie. The fact that I can go and watch these movies again and again. And, like, you know, we're talking about Three Men and a Baby all of a sudden. Like, every time I bring that movie up, you know I'm watching that within a week. You oh, know, it's a, it's a, it's a, great, a great movie. movie. And I heard movie. that you guys hadn't seen the Patrick Swayze dad movie. You know, and I'm like, I, I, my recommendation is the three of you track that one down. It's at least <laughs> I, it's at least going to be entertaining for 90 minutes, you know. But, um, I mean, dude, there's been times in my life where I haven't had two pennies. I haven't, you know, haven't been in a position to watch anything. So, you know, it, uh, yeah. So if we're talking about a different kind of, I mean, spoiled, I think you meant like the moniker, Johnny Spoiler. So that, I think I answered that, but I was thinking on a different level, like, no, I like this new level. This, yeah, this I mean, like, I can appreciate the fact that somebody could be spoiled. Somebody could take for granted the things that are pretty pretty cool, you know. Um, and and I realize that there might be people that can maybe listen to us but not have time to see these movies. So maybe we tell them about these movies. And that, for them, is the experience of the movie. And, like, that, that's a badge of honor, too. Like, I'll tell you about a movie we like. You might like it. And if you don't get a chance to see it, at least you heard us talk about it. But then if you do... I've done that so many times, for sure. Right? Yeah. And, but but then sometimes we might talk about a movie and then like the 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 listener might like track it down like that happened the other day we were t- I was t- we we had this episode me and Dave did showdown in Little Tokyo right Dolph Lundgren mm-hmm. and Brandon Lee because people were like well what else is there besides Brandon Lee like he was in the Crow and then like he accidentally got killed and then like he only had done like Laser Mission or or whatever that was and Rapid Fire yeah Rapid Fire and and I'm like no man no showdown in Little Tokyo like like Lundgren's in his top form. Uh, Brandon Lee's in his top form, like, and it's an entertaining movie, and and like, uh, oh, yeah. people like have been talking about that on our Facebook page, and I'm like, oh wow, like, yeah, there's something, and so now people who had never even thought to even consider that movie are out there downloading it, right? Granted, I mean, like, somebody's probably gonna get residuals on that, whatever, but just the fact that there's new new people are gonna discover a movie, that's pretty cool, 
And we were the ones that talked about it. And there were the reasons they're discovering it. So that that's really cool. Um that was a long nice. winded way. I'm not I'm usually pretty quick about answers, but that was like you know, Adam brought some yeah, thought provokers right on this there. one. So somebody turned that, into a hand was, real quick. And yeah. as John's joke once said, and that was a novel written by John. <laughs> oh yeah, tonight I'm writing the novels. You, yeah. I'm using your. You said that one time, John. I'm stealing your joke. Adam sent us a text message saying there's music in the background. I don't hear music. It's not a big deal. This is going to be mixed and mastered, so it's. I don't. I don't know. We're just going to keep rocking and rolling. And if there's a little extra music, who cares? Um, yeah, I just hear like laughing and stuff. It's where you are. We, I don't hear it. So uh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where are we now? Okay. Oh, all right. We are on Dave. What? Yeah. Oh, my inspiration. Um, what gave you a kinda, lifelong interest in movies? Um, kind of. Well, let's see. John, John, and my stories are a little similar in terms of like VCRs making a big difference, being able to watch stuff over and over again. Um, I remember a few key movies I was taken to as a kid, like Coming to America and nice. uh, uh, Lean on Me and Mac and Mean of all things. Um, but I know it's like a sh- historically a shitty movie now, but as a seven-year-old or no, like five or six-year-old, like, hey, it's a movie. It was incredible. <laughs> Dave, yeah. you just need to mention presented by McDonald's and Coca-Cola. McDonald's and Coca-Cola. Yeah. But like really the real thing is the inspiration for me or like like really got me into movies was like we all hit that age where we start like watching more movies or looking at movies a different way. And I found a book when I was, I don't know, like 11 or 12 that had like a list of all these movies you need to hunt down. And like, that's the first time I heard of shit like a clockwork orange or, you know, a taxi driver or some of these movies that like, I was like, I got to see this. Cause this was like pre internet. So there was no IMDB to go refer to like, and find out a community of all these movies. Like you guys remember a time that like your movie knowledge was based on whatever the fuck your video store had, because that was it or cable. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you would never see, hear of movies if it wasn't in your video store or playing on HBO or if you were lucky enough to have HBO. You know what I used to do <laughs> is I used to write down the coming attractions on the DV, the, the movies that I was renting and try right. to find the movies. And then some stores started getting these – somebody was making bank on these giant encyclopedias of movies like the – like who's that Disney guy who's their film store? Oh, uh, Leonard Maltin. Yeah, there's like the Leonard Maltin's guide to movie. Like, uh, they, like yeah, every right. year they would put out this encyclopedia of like A to Z, all the movies that got produced. You know, yeah. from like whatever this year to that year, and so then you would just go back to your store. I mean, but I remember this like um, day jobs back in the day. I mean, both Dave and I worked at a video store, and like literally, people would come in with handwritten pieces of paper, like literally, like. Like a grocery list, but it was like a, a list for movies that they were trying to find, you know, on video. Right. What an experience. That was always such was. a fun feeling when you were able to put like something obscure, like, oh, you're going to fucking love this, like in somebody's hands. Like, that was always my favorite. Like, I remember, uh, of all things, like, I even sold to celebrities. Like, I gave, I sold, uh, speaking of Clockwork Orange, I sold Michael Sarah a DVD copy of A Clockwork Orange ages ago. So, like, that's kind of a, I don't know. Like, especially when it's a movie you'd love, if you can hand it off to somebody like, yeah, like, you got to watch this. You know, that was always my favorite yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I remember the uh, the local video guy trying to get me to rent Faces of Death. Oh, well, that's... Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, and I... That's, to- that's just somebody... I mean, I don't know, dude. I think everybody went through that Faces of Death period. I know I did when I was, like, 12 or 13, you know, but... Because somebody shoved it down my throat, but... 
yeah, I don't know. I've I've far grown out of that kind of shit. That's just anybody past their twenties that's still into that shit needs to be put on a list. Aye, aye, aye. Past their twenties. Past their twenties. Oh man. And the 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 past twenties interested in faces of death group. Like I don't well, know. Listen, you know you're hitting your mark as a horror film director when a stalker is literally sending you letters or making phone calls. And actually, I don't know if you guys know this, the film we're going to be discussing in a little while, the director actually mm. was getting phone calls and letters from a stalker that was getting excited based on the material of the movies. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah. It also happened to a guy in Japan. Like He was making the guinea pig, the notorious guinea pig slasher movies that they thought were oh, those films. are so terrible and that guy but that guy was a child killer he went to jail but he not after like he hacked his way through some through some kids he was like the real life freddy krueger and it was fucking what shit. is that for real it's fucking for real he was in love with the so wait, but the guinea pig movies themselves they're were fake, fake but they're he, fake in real life he this... had also killed kids no 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 not the director the director oh, a guy that liked the movie a guy was in love with the director oh, so he went out and started still, killing he went out to kill he went out and started killing to impress the director of those movies because he thought the director would fall in love with him and like what he was doing so oh, really how did that work out what how did that work out well, they're on their third well, year. Well, I marriage. mean, he murdered children. That was fucking horrible. So that didn't work out for their families. And then, like, but he, he got executed. Well, he got gassed. I mean, he's dead. Oh. Director that's... did not return his affections. We'll put it that way. Okay. Scared. <laughs> wow. I guess we can't be flipping our coy on such a serious matter. Okay, but here's the uh, thing. The world is so terrible and violent right now that actually there was somebody put a meme on Facebook that was. One side was um, supposed to be real life, and the other side was like it was somebody falling asleep, right? Like peacefully falling asleep. And then the other side said like reality, or like last week, yesterday, USA. And then the other side said, you know, like peacefully falling asleep after watching a horror film. It's absolutely true. Horror films are a safe environment to get rid of the dark thing inside of all humans in a safe way, and it's tucked away and it's gone. And it hurts no one. And it's sucky to think that horror movies are now an escape from bloody reality. You, you, you know, you know, yeah. you know what you I know, mean? That's actually, that's actually so fucking true. Because like literally earlier, me and my wife were watching some like YouTube videos of like true crime, and it was getting like really, it was like getting into really dark territory. And we're like, you know what? Let's go watch some real. Let's go watch some fake killing. And we threw on a horror movie, and like that. There's some truth to that, like, you know, make-believe is great, but the real shit is just too fucking much some days. Like, uh, if yeah. you watch the uh, Epstein documentary on, on Netflix, it's like an instant vasectomy. Ugh. Damn. <laughs> How about watch Three Men and a Baby? <laughs> Sounds way better. Directed by, okay. Leonard, directed by Leonard Nimoy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that, that doc on um, Leonard Nimoy is on Netflix. is called For the Love of Spock. Oh, there you go. Uh, Spock was a yeah, title. That's a good title. Yeah. Good title. So that uh, brings us to the magic part where we're going to dream up our like our favorite movie matchups that never existed. Um, I had a couple like Aliens versus Critters or mm. Old Freddy. Old Freddy <laughs> got to cut that out, dude. <laughs> old Freddy versus New Freddy. Or There's no editing. Deep, oh, there <laughs> has to be. Like, 
let me correct every speech mistake I've ever made. Uh. Um, TMNT. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus the Cenobites. Come on, you know you want to see that. Uh, they would be toast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think TMNT would be like blocking them hooks with their uh, shells and whatnot. Oh, you yeah. know what? I am spoiled. I'm the only one that saw the, the, the Ninja Turtles rock and roll musical. <laughs> that is true. That Bring is true. that shit back up. Uh, he, he brought, well, no, Adam already brought up the turtles, and I was like, well, if you're going to talk about turtles. <laughs> uh, anyway, folks, well, this is an inside story. We were texting back and forth about Ninja Turtles adaptations, and we got to like the Saban Power Rangers-like adaptation that had the female Ninja Turtle, and there was a crossover episode, actually, with the Power Rangers. And a lot of people hate it, but it's out there. And so is this musical. You can you actually watch it on video. Like uh, the turtles do, like they sing rock and roll songs and they fight Shredder on a a stage. Who he tries to interrupt their their concert or whatever. <laughs> yeah, heroes Man, rocking I... in a half shell or something like that. I think that's what it's called. Wow. <laughs> well, I hated that. Any uh, Nick? Um... Yeah, you hated yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'll make sure to edit that out. We won't talk about fucking turtles at all. No, no, turtles is fine. Uh, wait, was that your entry into the uh, movie matchups? Or because yeah, that's a real you? movie matchup, right? Yeah. Ma- what matchup? The rock and roll turtles versus the Power Rangers turtles? Is that what you're saying? No, that's not my matchup. But you just talked about Ninja Turtles, so I use that as a segue oh, see, to I a mini discussion about that Ninja up Turtles or whatever. Like, I just thought that was. That should not have been made or something. That's just how I felt. What about the animated turtles versus the live-action movie turtles? Man. Man, that's so much money. You just you were like, hey, I want like quadruple the budget of a regular movie. Dang. Well. The truth is we could spend a whole episode just on turtles, which I don't think we've ever covered all the turtle stuff. I'm we, down. We've brought okay, it so up. Let's but... limit it to turtles versus some other yeah, yeah. Well, movie villain. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't done grudge matches in a while, so it'd be cool to see what people what people want to do in a ma- in a mashup movie. I I got the ultimate one. Shoot it! It's 1985, right? You got okay. John Rambo from Rambo Part Two and Commando Arnold Schwarzenegger. I want to see those guys in the jungle fighting each other. That would That'd be, be th- amazing. They're that against would be each other. The fucking awesomest matchup. Come on. Why do you think they'd be against each other? Like they got some bad intel. Uh, maybe they're different branches of the military, some bad intel. Mm. I don't know why. Maybe the Russians put them against each other. See, I think you have to do this, like, um, thing where they're obviously fighting in the beginning, but then they have to work together to, like, take on the Predator, right? No, I want them to kill each other. I want to see. Oh, you want Rambo versus (laughs) Amanda. It's like the beginning. It's a first battle. It's like, I always hate when they jip out on that story. Like, the two fight, and then... There's a bigger Become evil. Friends. It's like, no, fuck that. I want these guys to kill each other and see who wins. Yeah, but see, no. the sex appeal of Commando hooking up with Rambo would sell tickets. So is this a porno, or what are we watching now? <laughs> well, we got to sell this to foreign markets, and what they want is a love scene between Rambo and Commando. Is that well, is that true? I didn't know that. Okay. Okay, yeah. I got the setup. It's like the beginning of Running Man. Hey, Nick, producing's a dirty word. What's it? I said, well, not word. I meant to say producing is a dirty world. And oh. Yeah, you gotta sell. You gotta. You gotta give the people what they want. I, yeah. I, I wanted to see a battle. I didn't want to see him kiss, but okay. <laughs> but that, oh, is, but that okay. macho man fighting stuff. It's gonna lead to kissing. You know this, Nick. It's it's natural. Okay. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> if, if you say so. I feel like you need to throw Van Damme really... in there. 
when when you get up that close, I, love that. I mean, you know. Okay. <laughs> Nick, tell me you're in a jungle with Dave. You guys start a fight. It gets hot and sweaty. You're not gonna kiss the man. I, I know. I'm not denying that, but yeah, but I'm not John Rambo and Commander. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Where are the Budweiser girls when you need them? <laughs> Dude, Budweiser, but isn't Budweiser one of the Russian companies now? I mean, they're, they're not Budweiser anymore. They're German. The Germans bought it out. Oh, the Germans uh, bought it back from an American German family or something. All right. Yeah, something like that. Uh, anybody else wanted to say any other matchup? Yeah, I know. Yes. Nick, Nick, did you have one? Oh no, I just did. I just did. Oh, okay, that would Commando. be okay. That yeah. didn't involve TMNT. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dave. Yes. The Terminators are you know Terminator versus the Little Rascals. It's a short film. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> short film. It's like, it's like a minute film. <laughs> what do or you it's mean, like, like a, a ninety-minute build-up to the last one minute. Or our gang versus or the Terminator. Because there's more of the little rascals, they team up with their hijinks and take out the Terminators. <laughs> could well, be pretty I mean, funny. Well, which work. Terminator? Which Terminator? Uh, the classic. Uh, oh, oh, that's a great question. I'm going to say Terminator uh, the T1000. Hmm. Oh, they couldn't take him out. But maybe the T800 they could. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Replace uh, John Kyle or... Um, Kyle Reese with the, the Little Rascals. Wow. Uh, just think about that for a minute. I don't know. In my Good head, work. I saw the kids from the Sandlot movie. Just like all kids from kids movies versus the Terminator. <laughs> it would be a bloodbath. I got a good one, I think, but it's kind of obscure. Okay. But it might Let's work. It. Maniac Cop versus Michael Myers. This that could is, work. This is why. Yeah. Like, the maniac cop would be on patrol, regular cop. Michael Myers would be the reason he dies, but then he comes back, right? And comes back and takes on Myers. What I oh, hate about oh. the. What? Go oh, ahead. no, no, finish. I got another one real quick, but after you're done. Well, I mean, because Myers wastes the cops pretty quickly in all of these movies, but it'd be interesting if one of them came back from the dead and was, like, attacking Michael Myers. Um, but I don't. It's really hard to mix these. Things like, and they do this on social media and blogs. Blogs will have articles all the time, like, "What if this person fought this person?" Or what if, like, the best way they ever did this was MTV Deathmatch, where they animated all the celebrities in clay and duked it out in a wrestling ring. And then you go, "Okay, yeah, I can buy that. That that, that looks real. That that might that happen." That worked, yeah. Um, but I would think that like Pinhead rules over or is the Hell Priest, right? So in theory, all the other killers would eventually end up in Hell. And so in one scenario, in one universe, you could have this ultimate movie where you have all these killers featured, all their souls are in hell, and then they're in, a, they're in like this tournament, right? You know? It could be like an unholy Mortal Kombat with all the murderous characters, you know? Well, as soon yeah. as Disney buys everything, uh, that can be a reality. Wow. You could do anything in the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the, the hell cinematic universe or the serial killer hell scene. Take your pick. Oh, what was your other one? Oh, I, I, I just all of a sudden thought of like Jack, the Michael Keaton, Jack Frost versus the killer snowman, Jack Frost. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> Didn't Martin Short that could work. play uh, Jack Frost in Santa Claus 2? Something like that. I never Part saw three. that one. Oh, was it three? Was it yeah. three? Is there a three? There yeah. is. Yeah. I've wow. only seen the very first one. I have never saw the other two. I, I had a fun idea for TMNT again versus Jason Voorhees, but they think at first they think he's Casey Jones, so he's able to get close to him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And they and then they accidentally kill the real Casey Jones. Anyway. Because they're so similar. That could work, yeah. Yeah. A Clearly a reason why none of these movies are getting produced. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've gone almost an hour and haven't even talked about the movie of the episode. Yeah. Did we mention the name of the movie we've ta- we're doing today? We've mentioned Once. it a few times, and I said that the plot was related to the filmmaker's life. Um, that's about all we've talked about. Cool. Uh, well, we're, at, we're at it now. It's a... Uh, Masterwork of uh, filmmaker Dario Argento. Movie is Tenebrae. It's a giallo movie. Giallo means yellow. Yellow comes from the little yellow covers that were on pulp mystery fiction books in Italy uh, in like the 1920s and 30s. Um, this film was first released in 1982, and it is a bridge from mystery and suspense to horror. Um, so. Before we go on to the next. Part of this, mm-hmm. I want to talk about. It was banned in the UK till 1999, as one of those video nasties that Nick likes to talk about. It is. Oh, and it was that. This was. It was actually. They changed the name in America. Yeah, to they like did. The unseen. unseen. Or yeah, it was or called. Unseen, it was yeah. the first movie that came out called Unsane, which is now there's another horror movie called Unsane, but it didn't come out till '84, uh, and it was the, all, every, all the good stuff was cut out. Most of yeah. it was cut out. It was heavily yeah. edited and then released. Yeah. That um, version's actually on Tubi, I found out. The insane version. Wow. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Is. Yeah. And it's in terrible quality. So if but you want there. it, you should watch it on Shutter with the yes. Binge Watchers code. <laughs> <laughs> you really should. Uh, Boom. Yeah. I can't wait to the next one star review. This was an hour long commercial. What the fuck, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't even know how much of a commercial is it at this point. I fucking just genuinely love Shutter. I mean, like, this isn't the paid part here. It's great service. Wow. What did you guys know that uh, the the movie is uh, the name? What it means? Did you find out what it means? Because it mm. means uh, ten bras. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, with the exact number of bras that were needed in this film. Oh my god. Oh, no, it means that. it means light or candles or something. It's not. Well, I heard it. Uh, it actually means darkness. Okay, there you go. Or absence of light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Um. Which this oh. movie was not, because this was actually a pretty brightly lit movie for the most part. Well, that's what's uh, interesting about Argento. He scares the shit out of you, but mo- but the movies aren't necessarily in darkness. No, they're like, yeah. It's actually like, I mean, one of the most beautiful, beautifully shot movies, you know, I mean, of course, from the guy who did Suspiria. So, I mean, he's he's definitely got an eye. Um, well, that's what marks Giallo. I mean, I, um, the visuals like it's, it's not just a movie where people are getting cut to pieces. It's literally like we're going to show you the best way to show you how people get cut to pieces. You know what I mean? It's like um, visuals and tone. And soundtracks, if you want to talk about this band called Goblin. I don't know much about them. I'd love to learn more because 
Every time he Argento had a movie, they in the eighties they were on board doing soundtrack stuff. But they even contributed to Demons for Bob. Nice. So. Yeah. They, and I think that the Argento cut of uh, Dawn of the Dead, or you know, they had something to do with one of the soundtracks to one of the versions of Dawn of the Dead. Oh nice. wow. Well, um, you guys want to talk about the how the movie unfolds, or do you want to get into the questions? Do you think the promo was enough at the beginning, John, or we need to remind the audience what's going on here? No, I mean, the movie's about a horror writer. He's kind of like a Stephen King of his movie. He goes to Italy. Funny that the uh, the actor, Anthony Francisco, doesn't like press. Um, I'll bring that up later, because you, you, you were asking us something about scenes that well, you haven't asked us yet. I'm thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. I think I know where Adam's going, but I'll let him explain it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you just cut it out. It's good. Okay. I'm not cutting anything out. Those days are done. Like this is. Oh no! No, I can cut it out. Just give it. No, to me. and Nick gets to Nick gets to use his other catchphrase. Not that he's late or late. He there's another one that he loves to use, and we had some moments that got there. Um, so he'll get to say it at the end. I like to keep you. It has something to do with shit, but you know, we'll save it for the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when yeah. they th- these people start dying in this movie, and uh, the, he keeps getting like an envelope of from the killer underneath the door, and uh, the immediately upon you know arriving there, inspectors are already there trying to figure out you know what's going on with you, and and do you know anything about this killer, and and just proceeds on from there and every character in the movie seems to get touched by this villainy but, of him putting this horror yeah. into the world and having a copycat killer much like that guinea well, pig story you but telling. the killer is specifically fascinated with tenebrae and in tenebrae is one of the novel in the movie tenebrae is the horror writer's novel and mm-hmm. the killer is reading what happens to the characters in the novel and at one point they show you a scene where the character has or the killer has pulled apart pages from the novel and put them in a filing cabinet, and he's like scouting and researching people that he might kill based on who got killed in the book, right? Like he attacks the lesbian reporter and her living girlfriend who moonlights with men because in the book there's like these lesbians that get killed, right? Mm-hmm. And and then like there's a TV reporter interviewing him, and they talk about that murder, and then you see it unfolds before you, and then like you see, yeah, you let, like, well, also the movie starts out with the killer being fascinated by the book, so. They kind of set you up for that premise, like right away, right? The killer's literally reading the novel in the beginning of the movie, and then then you're in the story, and then you follow the writer to Italy. He gets interviewed, and uh, he's really mad at the reporter. I'm like, that's that's one of my favorite scenes. Um, oh, uh, okay. How, how does he get mad at the reporter? I don't, I don't know if I'm. He, well, he doesn't want to be interviewed about his about the. The reporter is insinuating that his oh, stuff yeah, is too yeah, graphic, yeah, yeah. like the stuff he's writing okay. about is too graphic, and then like it's almost he, like a Me Too thing. Yeah, yeah, then he gets mad as an agent yeah. who's played by John Saxon. It's cool to see John Saxon as a as a co-star in this movie. What's funny is apparently it seems like he can speak Italian because they had John Saxon dub most of his own lines in this movie. But there's one scene at a train station, like on the street or whatever, where somebody else is dubbing John Saxon's lines. And I was like, what? That one day he wasn't available for ADR. They had some like a, some some other kid do his lines and his voice. Man, changed. I'm so like, glad Whoa. I did not pick up on that. You did. You I didn't pick up on it. Either. Oh man, I guess I got an ear for ADR because <laughs> I, yeah, I, I heard over it. it. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's not John Saxon's voice dubbing his own lines. That's somebody else. Uh, mm. 
but everybody's on point in this. Like the cast is unusually talented, and the dubbing's not that bad. Like the Italians a fast language, like um, like Japanese. So the fact that they're able to get out an English version within the time that the characters are speaking is pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm trying absolutely. not to ruin your next question, Adam, but I've talked around yeah, it a yeah, couple yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what do you guys like about uh, Tenebrae? But uh, focusing on noteworthy moments that were not deaths, and John's already shared his. So I, I got Nick. one. Just the uh, just how they treated ladies in, these, in this movie. Like nowadays, I don't think they get away with making movies this way. You know what I mean? Like you got that weird homeless guy that's just like grabbing the girl. Yeah, like, but, but just, you know like, what? Here, here's the funny thing, though, is like John was mentioning about that reporter saying that the guy's book was misogynistic. So, I mean, the movie's almost like a comment on. on the, that. It's almost yeah. like that character was commenting on the director's movies as well as being misogynistic. And then this director um, goes like twice as extreme because of it. <laughs> it's just well, like because wow. I mean, he's, film critics. You read? I don't know if you guys read any articles, but like, there's Italian film critics talking about how he made Tenebrae as a reaction to. Like how people are reacting to it yeah. in movies, so that that's probably sense. right on, Dave. What you just said. Ah, nice. damn! Right. Um, like predicting that guinea pig scenario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's actually quite a few scenes. Um, I rewatched this after um, I, we got the what we want to talk about. I was there's actually quite a few scenes um, that have nothing to do with that. I mean, his his camera moves are pretty great. You know, there's that one scene where it goes from one. That one shot that goes from one root level to the next, um, or one story to the next of a building. Yeah, um, that but really yeah. travels. Um, the and the cinematography is great, but like uh, it has a few lighthearted moments. We we're talking about John Saxon. Like actually, one of my favorite little moments, seeing it twice now, is like him proving that his hat will always stay on. I don't know why. It's just like a goofy moment that has nothing else to relate to the movie. But oh, a scene you know, about like, fashionable hats, like men's fashion and the. Late seventies or something about hats, <laughs> but I mean, I, the, but the the moment I'm referring to is like him, like uh, the the author was like, oh, isn't that gonna fall off your head? He's like, no, it's pretty secure, and he's like doing like a goofy little like shaking his head all yeah. around. I uh, mean, I, I had more know. to say. I had another thought about my thing. Um, okay. It's in the same scene that Dave's talking about. It's just like what he's talking about with the hats comes later, but same scene. Okay. Would now be an appropriate time <laughs> to finish right, it. Right. Well, Let's go for it again. Yeah, go okay. for it. Go okay. for it. Um, if Dave was done, were you done with the yeah, hats? I'm done. I'm okay. Um, so when he's mad at the reporter, like the reason I think I like it is I was reading about the actor, Anthony Francisco, and like he's – or Francesco. He's like a – eh. He's an okay TV actor from the 50s, but then he's in Tenebrae. And – he actually got into some beef with like a photographer or something and actually went to jail because he beat the crap out of him and he doesn't like reporters and paparazzi in real life. So he took his real pain and put it into the argument with the reporter. And maybe that's why the scene's a little bit more elevated. Like it's actually better than it should be because I think he just uh-huh. used that into the, into the scene work, you know? I was like, holy shit. That's pretty cool. That's fascinating. Yeah. There's like another layer there. Did his hat fall off later? Does anyone remember? Oh, when yes, he, it does. Yeah, uh, when he dies. We may want to hold uh, off on so saying that's why. Visual callback, yeah. <laughs> Too late, Dave. Wow. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, <laughs> I like another scene. I like the dog chasing the girl because that could happen in real life. It's more likely that well, a dog will chase you than you will encounter a serial killer. 
Thank well, let's God. talk about that for a minute. Like, that's something else I wanted to bring up, like, because it isn't, I guess that is that scene. But, like, this movie takes moments to have, like, side horror moments that really have nothing else to do with the plot, but it works it in there somehow. Like, that girl getting chased by that dog wasn't directly related to the killer, but it led her there. <laughs> I mean, that girl could have died yeah. by that dog, and that would have just been a Which whole is truly terrifying. Bit. Something horrific is chasing her right into the den of the murderer. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that didn't have that dog didn't have to be like that dog was scary on its own. It's just like, goddamn. So we got a killer and killer dogs. Fuck. It works as its own scene for sure. Yeah. The suspense in that scene was pretty great because the thing that was killing me is I know that a movie has me when she's in front of the table and she's grabbing all the documents and the pictures and she's stuffing them randomly into like poorly into her pockets and i'm oh, going to bring evidence get, back yeah about what was, yeah and i'm what like found. get out of there get yeah out. <laughs> what are you really doing time for all this <laughs> i will say uh there's something lost in translation though you know you know what i mean like uh i was reading about this movie and i don't i don't like the there are nightmares that the killer's having right and we're showing these nightmares right he's on mm-hmm. a beach there's three other teenage boys there's a girl she holds him down, teases him, does some crazy work with the stiletto heels. That was crazy. And uh, so clearly he has a weird thing about his sexuality. And that's going to tie into why he's a killer. And then um, the killer triggers another killer. We don't realize yeah. that the dreams belong to the second killer and not the killer that everybody is trying to track down. They belong Ed. to the second killer. Right, Careful and it's done. a past trauma. It's a past trauma. It's a tr- he has so he killed somebody as a teenager, who was infatuated with, erased it from his memory, but then the murders in Italy are so traumatic they re they trigger this other killer into action. Yeah, and he's not sophisticated. That's the other thing that I love about this movie is how sophisticated the Italian killer was. Like the killer had a mission. He was very specific. He gives himself away. Like, I think you know it's him when he's sitting there on the couch as the TV reporter and he disagrees with the writer about what the book means. I think that's like a tip-off. Did you guys feel like you were tipped off? Or did you not know? Well, I want to say that uh, I was just... I did not see the third and fourth killer coming. I didn't... I didn't see that coming either. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now he's lying to just tease you out audience because he thinks i ruined the movie know, for you but this is summer slash we're go deep deep cuts deep. adam we'd love for you to watch the movies but this i'm sorry our eyes are glued we're gonna tell you exactly what we've seen um i felt like they were they were wink wink nudge nudging us there forward. is an accidental murder Oops. to off the second killer which is pretty unique, and this is the set piece that stands out for the entire movie. This is the thing that everybody who watches it thinks the film is immortalized for, is how they off the second killer. Hmm. Yeah. Well, interesting. The investigation is interesting because people actually give a shit about trying to track the killer down. It's very unusual. The, The movie's also unique for that. The fact that a team of people are working together to try to find the killer, it's not usually the case. Like, everybody involved. I mean, like, the agent, the 
the assistant, the assistant's assistant. I don't know who that guy is. The intern, right? The guy who the first realizes that there's two murderers, right? Well, the cool, the cool thing about this whole genre seems to be, at least with the Argento movies I've seen, it's usually somebody takes the mantle of I'm going to solve this and I'm going to involve myself at great personal risk to my own safety to figure this problem out. Uh, who killed who? Who do I think it is? And they get involved when so, they don't have to. So it's like the Scooby and, Gang, but the Scooby Gang can actually get murdered horribly. Yeah, absolutely. And we got this. Uh, the authors encouraged to leave so they can take care of it, and so like no more people, like he doesn't die, and the people around him may, might stop to die if he just leaves, right? So they're encouraging him to do that. A noteworthy scene was the the teen that just drives through the the intersection. Um, which isn't a huge scene, but like being exposed to trauma and being exposed, like internalizing it and being, uh, having some PTSD maybe is the sort of thing that would cause you to run right through a red light as if it were green and almost get into an accident. So, but I don't know, that stuck out to me too. It was like a, what I love like is that the two element. killers were so different in their styles of execution. And they had two different ideologies. You know? One had a mission and one was just like uh, really killed out of passion. Fueled like animalistic rage. Mm-hmm. Also, it was much a much... The second killer is much messier than the first. Doesn't have any <laughs> kind of care or aware. There's a famous kill in the movie. The one with the uh, axe chopping off the ex-girlfriend's arm or whatever, which he's holed oh. up there towards the end. Well, I wouldn't... Is that your favorite? Favorite kill? Yeah, yeah. No, I love the couple. For some reason, like the music and the couple, the couple that's having like a couple's art. Okay, anything that can ground a movie almost into real life, like the couple. I knew couples like this in college. I hung out with some couples like this. I, uh, should I get too real, Dave? Or, or, or well, get get real. Dave will say play it dangerous, but Nick. Nick, how real do you want this to be? <laughs> Are you going to say names or can you say switch the name or something? I'll just say scenarios. Oh, uh, right, okay. Like, oh, I mean, if we're just talking in generality. Okay, I'll like, just talk in generalities. I've had three encounters with a scenario that's like this. Like in the bar, we meet these lesbians, but they're flirting with a man and one of them wants to hook up with a man. And it's a real thing. You know what I mean? Moonlight, it's a real thing. And so their argument about whether or not the man is more attractive to one of them than the other, or if they could even get them off, right? Like, it grounded this weird movie in kind of like a realistic couple's argument. You know? So, that that's my favorite death in the movie, because something seemed realistic about that argument. Right? Mm-hmm. So then the kill seemed more realistic by its association. So yeah, I, I mean, guess I got if I got to pick it one, the, I'm going to pick that one. I'm going to pick well, that. Well, made one. it all the more tragic. Yeah. For sure because you don't want to go out on on a disagreement with someone that you absolutely care about. So it's kind of like not only are they robbed of life, but they're robbed of reconciliation between one another, which Yeah, I mean they they seemed like they were in love, but they had an open relationship, but it was mostly participated in by one of the mm members of the relationship and not necessarily the other one, right? So, but mm. I, I, the guy at the bar was not the one that you ruined your relationship over, that's for sure. 
he didn't seem that that exciting. Favorite um, death scene, Dave? Um, hmm. It, well, it was the axe to the arm, but let's see. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that's been kind of talked about. I know someone so. someone takes it, so yeah. No, I, you know what? If I'm going to have to replace, I'm going to say the one. Um, no, you don't have where, to replace. Uh, but you can go describe another one, eliminate another. <laughs> well, there's like there's actually like three really good ones in this, and I don't want to step on any others. Um, I mean, th- th- they got creative. Like if the, if the kills themselves weren't creative in terms of like a stab to the gut, like they were shot really well. Um, you know, creative. Like okay, so my I guess I'll say my favorite kill is the one where uh, there's that shot through the the eye the head of the um, the hole where your head goes through of the shirt. And you just see the blood go across. I mean, there's just something really effective about that. Um, yeah, um, I think that was in the trailer as that well. Was, that was it, pretty brutal. Yeah, it it reminds me of uh, that that shot from The Shining where he puts his head in the in the crack, except mm. the reverse version of it, where the head is not completely inside of the hole, but it's the fear position. It's like the 180 degree opposite of the same idea. And, and it just it really does strike a, a resonant curve with the I don't know helplessness, Be putting on your clothes, not being able to get your shirt off. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. I, I, I was gonna say the uh, arm one too, but I also like the one where the the knife's in the neck and the pages are being fed to the girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was just like, oh damn, that's really weird, and it kept going. It was like long. Yeah, it was. and the knife wasn't like going all the way in. It was just kind of there, and you're like, "God, that'd be fucking painful." Yeah, the uh, knife's just sticking there, and he's like, "Eat, eat, these, eat page these pages." Page. Yeah, I just thought that was really brutal. <laughs> mm. They are. Uh, There's some brutal deaths in this movie. Yeah. The, okay, so I'm just gonna say, <laughs> the, the, that arm, man. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's like everybody wants another. to say that. Like it's just. I, I uh, had to pick another one, but I, I mean, I think yeah. it's okay <laughs> that everybody likes the same death yeah, scene. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. That, if it's provocative, it just, that's it. It is what it yeah. is. Like I don't want to see where say where it comes in the film, but it is. It was shocking. It gave me a start. I definitely was. <laughs> I couldn't well, believe what I was seeing and how how much it affected me. But I also like. Uh, I also like the um, the guy getting his neck slit as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and and then following up, being stabbed by a funnel that's removing all your vital juices. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the finale, so, the crescendo of the movie is pretty good. How the the other killer gets taken out is definitely worth watching. Well, you know, my you know I watched it the second time with my wife. And so I had to shut up, like, when she said things out loud that would give away the ending. But, like, she kept looking at that sculpture like, somebody's going to fucking die on that. And I had to shut my mouth the entire time. <laughs> um, the only thing I wanted to bring up, because I know we're getting towards, like, we're getting, the episode's wrapping up. But I, the other thing we didn't, there was no way to bring it up, was um, the Dream Girl is actually one of the first famous working transgender actresses. Her name is Eva Robbins. Oh, really? Yep. Mm. Little trivia, little history. Good Those sequences cool. with her were haunting. Very especially much, yeah. yeah. Those first few, you're, I was just feeling like 
pretty sick to my stomach about things that reminded me of bad events when I was a kid, um, being tormented by other children and things like that. Not that that's a regular occurrence in my history, but it just <laughs> resonated with the, the small bits of that experience when I was a kid and to see like a much more intense... leads to suggestibility. Is that a tagline you're working on? No. Just <laughs> talking about one. that scene. Yeah, man. Um, so, uh, any yeah. any final thoughts? I liked it. It was fun. It was uh, yeah, definitely it was, one. Uh, it was eerie. Not my favorite Argento. And I haven't seen a lot of his, so I can't speak for... Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I've seen... Now I've seen two good Argentos, like... Before I've only seen Suspiria and like a movie of his I did not like, and this is like Stan Hall Syndrome. Out. Which one have you seen? <coughs> uh, Phenomena. Oh, Phenomena. I cannot... Yeah, I forget that one. Um, oh, you didn't like that one. The first one I saw was Stan Hall Syndrome, where this girl has a condition where the paintings seem to come to life like hallucinations, and there's like a serial rapist on the loose. It's a pretty fucked up movie. Um, Deep Red's coming up. Yeah, yeah, I'm I looking forward. I don't know to what these is going to be like, classic. but uh, I like opera. Uh, opera is pretty interesting. I, I actually like that one more than Tenebra. So, okay. Well, um, the Cat of Nine Tails was the first one that I watched. It's got that a was like Carl a second Bal- movie or whatever. The first one was like um, Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Yeah, yeah something mm-hmm. like that. That's early, they, early stuff. Yeah, it feels Carl- like he has a clear drop off in like the mid '80s. Is like when he went downhill, so to say. Uh, a lot of people would say because uh, he hasn't made anything memorable past the eighties. Like you mentioned, Stendhal thin syndrome. Nobody cares for that. Um, I yep. guess he made like a three D version of Dracula that's supposed to be god awful. Yeah, that was yeah. the last big production, and Rucker Hauer was Van Helsing. Oh, oh. well, Poor Nick guy. told me he did some stuff on Masters of Horror. Masters of Horror. Oh yeah, Jennifer uh, the, and actually. He did Which Jennifer, actually really right? he, good. Didn't he do Jennifer with the monster lady? Gen- he did yeah. Jennifer and Pelts, that and they're really, really good. Jennifer is Are really they? good. That's what, yeah. probably my favorite. I gotta one check them out. I haven't seen all of the Masters, Masters of Horror. Horror. Check them yeah. out. They're really good. The ones I've um, seen I, I really liked. I just want to say one thing about the Cat of Nine Tails, because I won't get another chance, is the movie ends on such an amazing note that it's worth watching the whole movie to get to that ending. And the movie itself is competent. I mean, I enjoyed it. So a lot of those giallo traits are there present. And guess what, Adam, that movie's safe because that's not the movie we're reviewing. So we can't ruin the ending. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sure. Well, is by saying it's good itself, a, some kind of spoil. I don't know. It's like you you got your friend, you're like, hey man, wait till you see the ending, it's really good, right? <laughs> and then you <laughs> hand him the movie and he's like, oh, why'd you tell me it was really good? I was like expecting something. Well, it definitely influences somebody's opinion, yeah. Yeah, so my friend said, oh, you'll, you're never going to guess the twist at the ending. When I first watched The Sixth Sense. <laughs> and, and did I'm, you? Yeah, I did, and the whole movie was torture for me because of it. <laughs> and I was mad that they because they ruined it for me just by telling me one that there was a twist. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I see. Yeah. Because so. then I was looking for. Because if it. you didn't know that, you if you're just watching it as a normal movie, yeah, it's yeah, pretty freaking sucks. brilliant. Pay attention for the twist. Look for yeah. The yeah. <laughs> and then the you're worst, looking for it. Yeah, the worst time I ever experienced 
a twist and re- revealing it and knowing it before it happened was the usual suspects, which is a hard one. But it had to do with my understanding of video editing. And they cut to this um, thing that you later find out that he's Spacey's character is hiding behind Kaiser Sose or whatever. And I figured it out from there. And the whole movie, I had already figured the usual suspects out. And nobody gets that one. They're like, mm-hmm. how did you get that one? Because of this one shot. Well, you just anyway. gave it away right now. <laughs> <laughs> Another unsafe. Oh, movie. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. We're spoiling well, like all the other that. movies we're not supposed to. <laughs> you want to tell them the end of Citizen Kane? Or yeah. What, what else we got? Or, yeah. uh... Well, Citizen Kane uh, ends when everyone goes to heaven. how's that for a spoiler okay oh man the dance number nice Uh, yeah wow (laughs) i didn't even know the backstreet boys were around back then wow see this is where the credit song will be playing but we haven't talked about what we're doing next week next week yeah we're doing a double feature it's the beyond and from the beyond and nick's writing it and he promised us it's going to be the best script we've ever seen so we'll see how it goes not the best script, but it's going to be a the best notes. Episode. I'm calling them scripts no. because the only writing on the show is the notes. We yeah. people we prepare these notes to talk about topics, and I'm just giving writing credit to the person that prepares the outline. I'm going to do some cool topics. Cool, yeah. And I have not seen from the beyond, but I've seen. Need, I've seen. We the might beyond, as well call them our scripts. The I mean, we're yeah, we're sure. recognized as an audio TV program somehow. Yeah. By IMDb, and, so there you and go. Gosh darn episodes. it, give me that credit, John. I'll I'm give you here. that writer yeah. credit. <laughs> give me that credit. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. So, so going into this one, John or Nick, uh, probably yes. a good thing. I want to know who's seen, if anybody's seen any, either one or both of these movies. I've not I've seen the Beyond. I saw one of them. Yeah, you guys talking about Gordon. one of them last. Oh month. wow, and I. So, am I the only one that's seen both of these movies going into this episode? I think you are. Oh wow, interesting. Mm. Yeah, so go all finish right. yourself off in the corner and be proud of it. Yeah. yeah, I think I saw From the Beyond. <laughs> From the Beyond, yes. It'll be good. It'll be fun. Then we'll do like Beyond the Black Rainbow and uh, yeah. Beyond the Mat, uh, Beyond the Lights. Wow. I don't know. I'm trying wow. to think of other movies with Beyond. All right, this episode is Beyond dying. Valley of the, Dolls. the Beyonders. <laughs> wow. Nick, it's time. Yeah. It's time. Well, guys, everything got real. We talked about a crazy movie. With some scary killings, we went all over the place, but it was so much fun. And uh, anyways, uh, yeah, shit got real, as I say. Yeah, Nikki Lates out. Boom. <laughs>